again. So we're um, continuing on our series throughout the year of looking at what our core values are as a church. So we started with God first, we're now into passionate, we're going to have brave, generous and together. So we're on passionate at the minute. So we're going to start in Acts 1 verse 3 to 11. So I've got it up on the screen. Um, so where are we? After the suffering of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to the same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's, king, um, of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I have told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptised you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He answered, the Father is the one who sets sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfilment. You are not permitted to know the timings of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the district, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. Right after he spoke these words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up in the sky? Jesus has been taken from you to heaven, but he will come back the same way you saw him ascend. Okay, so the disciples were there and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. So they were told that the Holy Spirit would come in a matter of days and they were told that that God's fulfilment um, of his promise would also happen, but that would be in God's timing. Now, I think that the disciples probably were hoping and waiting for Jesus to return fairly soon. Yeah, it might not be in a few days, but it's going to be quite soon, right? God? Yeah? And they waited, and they waited. And I can't imagine that they thought, not only would they be waiting till the day they died, but actually us standing here in 2019 would still be waiting I think that would be way, 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 way out of what they thought when Jesus was saying that, yeah? Do we all agree with that? Because I think, I I cannot imagine, I could be wrong, but I cannot imagine not one of them thought, this could be a few thousand years. I think they were thinking, oh yeah, a couple of months, maybe a year. Um, But waiting is an inevitable part of all of our lives. The waiting is a part, not just our spiritual lives, but our practical lives, waiting for test results to come back, waiting for job promotion, waiting for to pay for your shopping in Lidl. Who else has that weekly test of waiting in that long queue? Waiting. And I kind of think that there's three kinds of waiting. There's waiting because you have to wait, as in, would you just wait? Yeah? There's waiting well, as in, I'm remaining calm, I'm remaining positive, and I'm just waiting. And then there's waiting passionately, And we're going to kind of look at what that means to wait passionately. So we're going to look a little bit about what the Bible says, about what scripture says, but also about what kind of like our culture says. So if we just look at these, I just selected a few verses. There's there's tons of them in the Bible. But the Bible tells us that God is good to those who wait. That, That those who wait have renewed strength and they won't tire. 
that those who wait are blessed, that those who wait have strength and courage, and that those who wait have help and protection. Well, that just sounds wonderful. Doesn't waiting sound like the best thing ever if you could have that list of things? It sounds incredible. I don't know why we all have such a problem with waiting. Look at this. We could have all of these things if we're, if we're waiting. But actually, what does our culture say about waiting? After, um, so post-war, there was a really deliberate, uh, I don't know what the word is, like, a deliberate act by the government because they had loads of derelict factories and they had loads of unemployed people. So what they needed to do is they needed to create a shift in the culture. And that shift in the culture needed to change from what was previously a needs-orientated society, where people worked towards fulfilling what their needs were. And they needed to shift it quite quickly to a wants-orientated society, because they needed to boost the economy in order to get things moving again, get people working, get, um, get the derelict, where, um, derelict factories up and running again. They needed to boost the economy. So they had a deliberate strategic marketing and advertising strategy in order to say to people, it's not just what you need, what you want is this. And we live in that that post-war society of where all of our wants can be fulfilled. And that want progression has gone way, 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 way past. We live in a, not just a want society, but we live a, I want and I want it right now instant society we now not only have to wait weekly for our favorite episode of our tv series you can get the whole box set on netflix it's uploaded all at the same time yeah you get instant downloads of all your music you get instant um well, instant everything if i want pretty much anything in the world i can go to my trusty amazon order it and it can be in my hand the next day and if i go on a website if i'm if i'm honest if i go on a website and they don't do next day delivery i'm like huh what what do you mean i have to wait till tuesday this is outrageous like we just live in a society that is just like click get one need everything i everything i want i could have it either by tonight or or tomorrow yeah, everything is so quick, so instant. Um, but uh, I, was, I read this uh, quote by Dallas Willard. So Dallas Willard is like a Christian philosopher. And he said, desire is infinite. It's an infant. But partly because we were made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run on God. We can only be satisfied by the one who is infinite, eternal and able to supply our needs. We are only at home in God. When we fall away from God, the desire remains, but it is displaced on things that will certainly lead to destruction. And it's just like that, that void, that wanting of the next thing, and we know it in, we know it in theory, is never going to be f- fulfilled. But we do always are thinking, when I have this... When I have this job, when I have this salary, when I have this house, when I have this relationship, I will be, it will be so much better. Life will be easier. Life will be, I'll be more fulfilled. I'll be able to do what God's called me to do. I'll be able to step into this. We're, we're waiting for that, for that thing um, to happen. But that's not, that's not true. That's not the truth. We are never going to be fulfilled. We are never going to have enough. That desire is never going to be truly um, met except in God. 
John Mark Comer says, when our own innate human restlessness collides with the digital age, a culture of accomplishment and achievement, the result is an epidemic of emotional ill health and spiritual sickness. We are living in, a, in an age where we know that we have to be in God and be fulfilled by God and wait on God but everything about our every single day tells us you, you need more, you can have it now. This is a battle that we need to be really, really aware of and that we need to, um, we, we need to fight. Like, even just down to, on Netflix, if, um, if you're binge-watching your series, you, you don't have to wait the 20 seconds for the intro you can skip intro now. They've added a skip intro button because 20 seconds of your life you don't want to waste. I watched something on like ITV the other day and I was just like, I can't skip the intro. I've got to watch the whole 20 seconds of intro. We're just so not used to waiting in our daily normal life because our culture tells us repeatedly, you don't have to wait. You shouldn't have to wait. And, and that just seeps into, into our being. We will never be satisfied. This, our culture creates fear and anxiety and stress and disillusionment and disappointment because we will never um, be satisfied. So when the world is so fast and so quick-paced, how are we meant to learn to practice waiting and stopping and pausing and waiting upon God? In the dictionary, when I like looked up wait... The, the first part of it was to wait, and, and the way that it described to wait was um, to be inactive, to remain neglected, to postpone, and to delay. But a few, a few lines down, when I looked up the word to wait upon, that was to serve, to attend, and to call on. And I just thought, I was thinking about the disciples in that verse, which one did they do? Did they wait on God? Did they postpone and delay their plans? Or did, or did they wait upon God? And were they active? Did they serve and did they call? And I think the answer is the second one. Hence, we wouldn't be all here today because they took the message, like Jesus said, to the ends of the world. Um, and that's why we're here today, to wait upon. Um, and so we need to learn to wait upon God. We need to be active. Waiting isn't we need to be actively waiting. Does that make sense? It's not a passive word, actively waiting. What are you doing about what are you waiting for? And I'm not saying fill it with busyness. I'm saying waiting upon God. How are you waiting upon God? Um, so how can, we, uh, how can we do that? And I was just thinking, I don't know what you guys are waiting for. I don't know if you're waiting for some kind of breakthrough in your life or some kind of restoration in a relationship Maybe you're waiting on healing and have been waiting for many years for healing. Maybe you're waiting for a job or maybe you're waiting for a family. Maybe you're waiting for your calling, whatever that means. Maybe you're waiting for God to give you your calling. Um, in Hebrews 11 verse 13, it says, this verse is talking about the, pe- the great people of faith in the Bible. It says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. 
for those of you who are observant, I'm quite pregnant at the minute. <laughs> when I was, um, <laughs> side profile, um, when I was pregnant with Forrest, so I've got a little boy called Forrest, when I was pregnant with Forrest, so as a midwife, as, as, a, as a pregnant person, you get given a due date. But as a midwife, I knew that my due date, I had a 3% chance of giving birth on that due date. So I just kind of scrapped that date, just kind of forgot about it and turned it into a due month. So when people said, when are you due? I'd say, I'm due in February. Yeah, because that's my due month. I know that 99.8% of babies are due when they're term which is 38, um, 37 to 42 weeks. So in that five-week window. So I was saying to everyone, I'm due in February, I'm due in February. That's when I'm due. 99.8. So I felt like in that pregnancy, I waited really well. I waited well for Forrest to decide to make his own appearance. Forrest rocks up when I was over 43 weeks pregnant because he wanted to be in that 0.2% that just like smashed it. So it was like, um, I just thought it was just like, I had in my head that I was waiting well and got, I was, like waiting well, holding it loosely, saying, yeah, this baby will come. It's going to come in this five week window. This is what's going to happen. But actually, he didn't even do my loose holding of waiting well. Does that make sense? He just completely blew what was normal, what was ordinary, and, and never would I have thought I would have given birth at that point, because that's so rare and so unusual. Um, so I was just thinking, what if our waiting for whatever we're waiting for doesn't come in our term window? What if it doesn't come, A, how we imagine it's going to come, or B, in the time frame that it's going to come, even if you're holding it really loosely and thinking, I don't even know how this is going to look like, we kind of do a little. We kind of do a little bit. We do put a little bit of a framework around it, how it's going to come to be, who it's going to look like, how it's going to come to pass. But what if it doesn't happen in that way? What if? How tight is your vision of what waiting, of what your fulfilment of that promise or that thing you're waiting for is going to be? And how would you feel honestly if that never comes? in your lifetime how do we feel if like the disciples we wait we wait well we wait passionately and we wait till we die because we know that God is good and God is good all the time and God is outside of our time frame God is outside of our thoughts Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we have like a tension to sit in. On the one hand, we want to wait passionately. We want to wait upon God. We want to serve with all of our hearts. We want to contend for the promises that we feel that we've been given. We want to fight for what God has said he will do. And in the other hand, we need to say to God, and if not, you are still good. You are still God. You are still sovereign. You are still above all and you are good. And we have to sit in that tension of holding both in our hands 
and just saying, God, your will, your way.